Lucy ran along the front, heading away from the pier and the tired old town threatening to slide down the hill and into the water. Behind her, hidden by a bank of dark purple cloud, the morning sun sent out an odd, tinted light. A fourth-generation child of Westmere, she knew the rain would be on shore within a quarter of an hour, perhaps sooner, given the look of the choppy waves slamming themselves against the shingle. She shivered and picked up her pace. It was all very well her school coach telling the team they needed to run five days a week, rain or shine. Their coach was white. She would never have to deal with brown girl's hair. She might just make it to Kitty's place before the storm hit. Her mother's great-aunt, Kitty, lived at the end of the second bay, where the front receded first into a wasteland of brambles, ferns and grasses, and half a mile later into marshes. Lucy thought she heard someone behind her, panting breath, pounding feet, and turned to look over her shoulder, running all the while. No one was there. She was alone on the front, and she turned back, set her face to the far distance. She'd feel safer with Kitty. She grimaced. She hadn't felt safe all year. Just round the corner of this bigger bay and into the small one, and she'd be within striking distance of Kitty's home. Her great-aunt was no children's book granny, knitting and smiling with boiled sweets in her pocket. At this time of day and with a spring tide, she was more likely to be drinking whiskey in her tea and leaning on the railing of her deck, smoking and swearing into the wind about the bloody Westmere Council and the bastard developers and how the only thing protecting her was the swathe of marshland to the west. Don't know about all this natural interest bollocks, Lucy, she'd said, but if you and your mates kicking off about all that climate business stops them building down this end of the bay, you have my blessing. Not that God exists, you know. Lucy picked up her pace, the wind behind her urging her on. She counted her footfalls as they landed, wondering if this was the morning she'd have the courage to talk to Kitty, ask for her help. She hoped she might. As she rounded the curve that dipped into the smaller bay, she expected to see Kitty out on the deck, or maybe walking the shoreline collecting rubbish and cursing the day-trippers along the coast who left their bottles and cans on the beach the tide depositing them days later for Kitty to deal with. She was an easy figure to spot, one shoulder higher than the other, her gait slightly twisted, and recently a stick to balance her bad hip, although she professed to use it to frighten off seagulls more than anything else. Kitty had never walked straight as far as Lucy knew, but she was strong and tough, and her feet were as sure as her words. She wasn't soft or gentle, or even particularly welcoming, but she was always there. She was the person Lucy had run to whenever she was upset, at school or at home. Her little sister Etta was doing the same now, just as her mother and aunt had done in the past. Kitty was their constant. They knew she'd tell them off if they'd been stupid, but she'd also listen, holding shame and blame at bay, and just listen to the story, the one in their words, and the one they couldn't bring themselves to say. Lucy wanted to tell Kitty her story. Kitty wasn't on the beach and she wasn't on the deck. Her boots were in the corner of the deck, as they always were when she was inside. The door was closed. Kitty must be out already. Unless there was actual hail coming directly off the sea, the door would be wedged open with a big stone from the shore. 
Lucy rubbed her gritty eyes and checked her watch. It was just after 8.30. It wasn't unusual for Kitty to be out walking or fishing in the morning, but something felt odd. Lucy wasn't sure why she tried the door, but she reached out and turned the handle. When the door swung open, catching in the wind, she knew for sure that something was wrong. Her father was always saying how Kitty was going to have a fall one of these days. He'd suggested she move in with them, but Kitty told him he was being an idiot and he could make his own plans. She had hers. Lucy called out. There was no reply. She took the half-dozen steps across the main room to Kitty's bedroom at the back of the hut. Later, she thought she had already known what she'd see when she opened the door. That she had known Kitty was dead before she saw her lying on the bed, took in the empty pill packets and bottles laid out beside her, had known Kitty would be dead before she saw her eyes closed 